Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Well, I was starting off our Bible study, and of course you know that it's been the tribulation, and so the tribulation is really, really rough, and so I thought, well, let me start off with something uh, a little bit different. It was, a, it was about a fellow by the name of Jim. Okay, Jim and his wife lived in Chicago, and if you've ever lived in Chicago, it's really, really cold. Windy and cold and windy and cold. But see, what they did is they were smart. They bought a vacation home in Florida. Okay? And so what they would do is they go, listen, man, when it gets really rough, we'll go to Florida and we'll stay there a few days and then we'll come back and, and so forth. Well, the wife says, well, as a matter of fact, it's funny because I'm on a, going on a business trip. Why don't we just do this? I'm going to be on a business trip and then I'll just meet you there in Florida. He says, hey, that's a great idea. So Jim packs up everything and he heads to Florida and basically when he gets there, um, he sends his wife a email. Now, he gets to the hotel, opens up, you know, um, here's what he writes. He says, honey, I made it here safely, okay? Um, but what he didn't realize as he hit the send button, guys, he actually sent it to the wrong person. Okay? He, he's like, oh. Now, the problem was, is he was just telling his wife, hey, I, I sent you an email saying I've made it safely, everything's good and all that, but he sent it to somebody else. Okay? And the problem was, is that the message was sent to a little old lady in Nebraska. She, she, now, she was the wife of a pastor who had just died earlier that week. And she was shocked, right? Here's this little old lady in Nebraska. She's shocked. She goes to her computer. She opens her email. She checks it, right? And here's what he writes. He says, my darling wife, I just wanted you to know that I arrived here safely. And I'm looking forward to you joining me here tomorrow. Signed, your beloved husband. P.S. It's hot down here. Now, I say that because, again... We're right in the middle of the tribulation, and sometimes we need to laugh a little bit. Sometimes it's... See, as we come to Revelation 15, just jot this down in your mind or in your book. It's the shortest, it's the shortest chapter in all of the book of Revelation. And remember, John is writing this. It's, it's revealing Jesus, and, but, but why is it so short, Pastor Self? Let me tell you. I'm glad you asked. It's short because... This is, guys, the preview, guys, an introduction to the grand finale. This is it. Okay? This is the final outpouring of God's judgment on the earth. Now, why do you say that? It's eight short verses, but when we get to chapter 16, God's wrath is going to be finally poured out. This is, this is going down. Okay? Chapter 16 next week. Ooh, that's going to be harsh, you know? Um, so chapter 15, there are two principal groups in this chapter. You go, well, Ben, what are they? Well, we see a group of sentencing angels that proclaim the wrath of God, okay? And then, on the other hand, we see a group of praying and singing and multitude that are made up of what we call the tribulation saints. You need to write that down. You go, Why? Because it's not the church, it's tribulation saints. These are the, these are, these are the ones that get saved during the tribulation. Now, I want you to go back just a little bit, okay? In chapter 13, the Antichrist is going to introduce a mark. Some sort of mark that resembles his name or who he is and all of this stuff. Okay? And so when he does that, he says that he causes both great and small. And the word causes there is, is just a really key note. And you go, why? Because it means that you'll have no choice. You'll have to take it. You'll have to take it if you want to buy, if you want to sell, if you want to do business, if you want to go into Walmart, if you want to go into Applebee's, whatever it might be, you have to have this mark. And the mark is on the right hand or the forehead. It's a mark of a, of a human, he says, uh, the number of men. Okay? Now, 
the thing about it is that in learning this, guys, the problem is, is if you say, no, not going to do it, okay? If you say, we're not going to do it, I'm not going to take it, it it's, there's not going to be a choice. You're either going to take the mark or you're going to be killed, okay? You go, well, Ben, come on, calm down. Now, here's what I would, let me just, let me just, can I, can I tickle your, your brain just a little bit? I want you to think of something. Okay, my opinion, I'm way from the pulpit, it's just my opinion. Okay? Be on the lookout for large area of concentration camps that the people, that they're getting ready. Just kind of be on the lookout. You go, Ben, why is that? I'm not here to fight you. I'm just saying, if you decide, no, I'm not going to do this, they're going to have to do something with you. Because they're not just going to shoot you down in the street. You understand that. The Antichrist is going to go, okay, I've got to do something with them. You come with me, and they're going to take you, and they're going to try to give you a chance over and over and over to get the mark. The soul says, nope, nope, not that you're here, soul. I'm just going to use you. Okay, You're going, right? You're going, right? You're, he's, he's, Pastor Soph's going, I'm going to go before you. Are you kidding me? But let's just say you go, no, I'm not going to, I don't, okay? So, so we start, we start tripping. We're like, what, what do we do? I'm not, I'm not sure what we do. I don't know if I should take it or not. I don't, and, and you have a lot of that, right? Don't we have a lot of that even now? Okay? You guys know we have something going on in our world that, that's, that's being pushed on you all the time. And the thing about it is that there's people who go, no, I'm not going to take that. And then they'll come over here and go, oh, I did. <laughs> And I thought about it, and I, and you go, okay, well, that's, that's, that's your right. But, but think about what they're going to do if, if it's the mark. They're going to take you, and they're going to say, hey, they're going to give you opportunity, opportunity. When you say no, you say no, you say no, then they're going to kill you. That's a tribulation saint, okay? Giving yourself to the Lord. Now, here's what's scary. What if you go, Man, I was never raised in church. I was never raised in church. I don't know anything about God. I know I don't want to take this mark, but I don't know any, I don't know if I really believe in Jesus. And then you're going to give up your faith. You have nothing. A tribulation saint, guys, are those who go, you know what? I realize the truth. Jesus. Church is gone. We have, and we are celebrating, guys, communion with the Lord in heaven. We're at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're having a fiesta. It's a great thing. And it's so exciting. That's the tribulation. And that's why you need to distinguish the two. Okay? Church, gone. Tribulation saints. Now, they're going to be praying, singing, and that's what we're going to look up. Now, here's what you need to jot down. Think about chapter 15 is this. You have both judgment and worship going on at the same time. Judgment and worship going on at the same time. Now, here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. It's important for us that as God begins to purify our hearts, as God begins to cleanse us from those things, and we pray that, God, cleanse my heart, right? Show me my blind spots, God. Cleanse my heart. Chip off those things that are not pleasing to you. Sometimes that leads us into a place of where it is really a little bit of a, of a trial or a tribulation or a judgment. Can I get an amen? But what it causes us and it should cause us to do is worship. Because we get to see God face to face as he moves in our heart. Well, this is on a grander scale. This is both judgment and worship. And as we come to chapter 15... Think about this. This is the pause before the grand finale. You go, Pastor, I'm not sure I follow you. Okay. So we just celebrated the 4th of July a month ago. Matter of fact, I think it's been exactly a month ago, the 4th of July. Pastor Sof taught. Everybody went out. We had a great thing. But you guys remember, you go sit out there, you put your lawn chairs out, and you go, wow, fireworks, this is cool. And you see them, and everybody goes, ooh, ah, oh, wow, yeah. And we do that for a good 15, 20 minutes. And then it's sort of like you see the smoke kind of just go, what are you waiting for? The grand finale, right? You're, it's coming. It's oh, it's coming. And then you hear, and it's just amazing. Now, you know after the grand finale, it's over. But you're, that's what chapter 15 is. Another way we could put it, Eva, is that it's the calm before the storm. 
This is it. This is like, hey, the seas are awful calm right now. That's what's going to happen. That's chapter 15. This is the this is the preview before the grand finale. Now, let me sum up what we've been talking about, okay? Let me just kind of give you a, a preview. In our minds, we have our remote, okay? So we're going to fast forward to the end of the tribulation, okay? The end. Seven years are just about over. And last week, guess where we ended up? We ended up with the prelude to Armageddon. This is where you climb up to Mount Carmel, you overlook the valley of Jezreel, the valley of Megiddo, and you see this is where it's going to go down. That's where it's going to go down, right there. Militarily-wise, I mean, they've all done all those studies. I mean, it's perfect for coming in, roads, everything. It's so amazing. But that's where we left off. Now, just a thought. Armageddon represents the end of the tribulation. Everybody got that, okay? The end of the tribulation. You go, yes, I'm with you. Armageddon represents the end of the tribulation. Now, knowing that, you could actually predict the harpazo of the Lord if you are a post-tribulation person. If you say, no, 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 I don't believe in a pre-rapture. I'm not a mid-trib, I'm, uh, Jesus is going to come back at the end of the tribulation because the church is going to, well, then I go, okay, so I would sit there and I'd go, okay, so I would hide out until I saw the battle of Armageddon and I'd say, get ready, he's coming. As soon as this is over, he's going to come. But the Bible says that no one knows the day or the hour. We don't know when he's coming back. We believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean as a church, as the church of Jesus Christ, that we won't see tribulation? I think we'll see some tribulation. Why? Because judgment starts in the house of the Lord first, guys. He wants to purify us first. This is where we need to be. And it's a struggle. I don't know if it's a struggle for you. It's a struggle for me to just fully submit my life to God completely. Every area. Eva, there's so many things I want to hold on to. Oh, well, he won't mind. He, he won't mind this. This is little. It's little. And the Lord's like, no, I, I want you submitted all, all to me. Submit your marriage to me. Submit your children to me. Submit your grandchildren to me. Submit your job to me. Obey me. Me first. And, and, and I love the fact that God's not going, if you just do it, just do it, watch. If you don't, you're going to be in trouble. No, he wants to bless us. The best place we can be is in total submission to God. And yet, Rosa, I still fight it. I still fight him at times. Oh, no wonder Paul said, wretched soul that I am. Oh, I can't believe I fight him. Ben, I have all this good for you. Yeah, but God, I don't know, cause, cause maybe, and, and, and I do, and, and, and maybe you do too, but the point is, is that God has so much better. And I wait for Him to come. That imminent return. Okay, God, today? Today? Guys, if we were to wake up every day thinking Jesus is coming back, how much better would our days be? Right? Poor Linda over here. Linda, a little fender bender yesterday. How much better knowing that Jesus could come back today, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I got in a fender bender. Oh, somebody bent my fenders. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Jesus could come back. That's okay. That's okay. I love that. That always works that way, does it, Linda? Sometimes we get in the flesh, don't we? Oh, how could you do this? What is wrong with you? Why did you stop in the middle? Well, After centuries of patient waiting and putting up with the arrogance, hatred, and greed and the bloodshed that has characterized our earth for so long, God says, there comes a day, there comes a time when he's going to be done with it. He's going to call a halt to it all. Guys, this is coming. This is coming. This is a time when the great cry of the oppressed of all ages is finally answered. Do you guys remember? How long, O oh Lord, how long? How long? Now, let me just stop right there, because 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 I'm on a roll, and I feel like I need to give you, you know, there's a lot of things going on in our world today that I am actually praying that prayer. How long, Lord, Lord are you going to let men shake their fist at you 
and get away with it. Whether it's big media, whether whatever it might be, I just wonder why men, men, who are men that you are mindful of us, God? And, and sometimes I feel like, oh, just, just make an example out of that one, God. Well, that's how the tribulation saints feel. But they've died. They were actually tortured and punished. Now, let me just say this, guys. Let me say this, because it's not mentioned very much. When it comes to the tribulation, what we must remember and sort of compute in our brain is it's not going to be like, hey, I've uh, decided to give my life to the Lord. Oh, really? Well, we don't accept that. They kill us. That's not how it's going to be. The tribulation saints are going to be tortured and tortured and tortured before they die. Okay? Now, here's the thing. I can handle anything. I could, I could, Lord Jesus, I could go right now. You understand that. But you start bringing our kids into this, and you start bringing our grandkids, that's what's going to be tough. Oh, you don't want to take the mark? Bring that little one over here. What would any parent do? I'll go to hell. I'll condemn my soul so they could live. You guys know that. And yet God right here is going, no, 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 now's the chance. Now's the chance to open up your heart. Now's the chance to walk with me. Don't wait for that time. Don't wait for that time. Well, that's where we are in our chapter. Let's look at verse 1, guys, together, and we'll dissect it. John writes, and I saw another sign in heaven, a great and marvelous seven angels having seven, what are they? Last plagues, for in them are the wrath of God is complete. So there we go, guys. He says, this is crazy. Okay, this is great and marvelous. The vision, because he's dealing with the things of God. This is his divine judgment. But notice what John says. He says, and I saw another sign in heaven. Guys, we got to give the apostle John credit. He must, I mean, could you imagine? He's trying to write down things he had never seen before. He's trying to write down in just however his little brain is. I mean, and, 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 and how he saw things. He's trying to figure out how you and I see things. And he says, I saw this great and marvelous. This sign was great and marvelous. Why? Because it anticipates the return of Jesus to establish his kingdom. Okay? This is it. John's like, finally. Finally. Now, I wonder what you and I are going to be doing in heaven at seven years. We're in the, we're in the great, right? We're, we're at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're having a good time. Um, this is, I don't know what kind of food the Lord's going to serve, but it's going to be just amazing. But right about the seven year, we're like, oh, oh, well, I guess it's, supper's over. Time to go to work. Why? Because the Lord's going to come back right after that and he's going to set up his millennial kingdom, right? Where he's going to reign, rule and reign for a thousand years. And you and I, church, are going to work for the Lord. He's going to say, hey, I've got this. You do this. You, we're going to work. Now, we have glorified bodies. So that means we could probably, we could probably travel at the speed of thought. Oh, I've got to go to Israel. I'll be right back. Oh, I got, I mean, we can walk through walls. We can be wherever we need to be. I think that's how it's going to go down. But the thing about it is that this is exactly what he's doing. He's going, now, listen, here it is. He's excited. Now, what's the sign that he sees? What is it? He goes, these are seven angels, and they have the seven last plagues. Plagues. For in them, he says, the wrath of God is complete. Now, think about the Apostle John for just a moment. And, and, I, and I wish... You and I have the same heart that John has, right? The same heart that John has. What what does John have? John has a heart of love for people. Well, what makes you say that? Well, throughout his ministry, guess where he was always putting his head? On Jesus. He's hugging Jesus. I mean, I think Jesus had been like, John, dude, here you go, John. There you go, buddy. Okay. And then... (laughs) 
And, but, but, but you realize that one of John's last sermon in Ephesus, when he came up to the pulpit, his whole sermon, ready? He just goes, just, just love one another. And then he walks off. He, he was full of love, but here's, here's where the love kicks in, guys. The love says, he goes, finally, the wrath is going to be complete. And although he anticipates the Lord setting up his kingdom, he realizes that what this has done to mankind. As true believers of Jesus, you and I should possess the heart of Christ. In other words, we trust the sovereignty of who God is, and then our job is to love people back to life. That's our job. See, it's easy to love y'all. You guys are lovable. It's easy. Hi, Eva. Hey, Rosa, high five. We just love each other. But we need to love those that are far from God, those that are struggling, those that, that look at us with disdain because they think we have our lives together. And we're going, we don't have it together. We just have Jesus. But, but guys, that should be our heart. I have a problem. I have a problem. You go, what's your problem? It's flesh. Okay? Like when I'm trying to get to the grocery store and I have just a limited amount of time, I don't have time to be loving. Let me just get through the line. Don't talk to me. I've got to pay for it. Let me, huh? Can I get a witness? Right? It's my flesh. And the Lord's like, wait. It's like the Lord's waiting outside of Market Street going, really? You know, that's how you went through it? Did you realize that that checker over there is hurting? Because, well, well, no, Lord. I mean, I've got... Bro, I've given you 24 hours. Use them wisely, but be loving. You could have taken a minute or two to say, how are you? How's your day going? How about we be bold enough to say, what can I pray for? Can I pray for you? Are you okay? I mean, John says, Guys, I, I just, I've written this down and, and I know I'm not going to be here, but Lord. Because the word is, he says, again, the wrath of God is, and the word there is complete, but in the Greek, it's finished. It's finished. Okay? The wrath of God. You go, what does the wrath mean? What, like the wrath is like God just angry? The word is thymos. Thymos, T-H-Y-M-O-S. And it means a passion of great anger. This is it. This is it. How loving and compassionate is our God right now? What do we deserve, Rosa? What do we deserve? We don't, we don't deserve any of this. You know what we really deserve? I'm not going to say it from the pulpit, but thank you, God, for your mercy. And here he's at the point where he says, okay, that's it. That's it. Guys, when you're ever driving around Lubbock, you'll see bumper stickers that say, smile, God loves you. And we think, oh, how nice. But there's another side to that, because Psalm 7, 11 says, God is angry with the wicked daily. Think about it. Psalm 7, 11, he says that. And now think about this for a minute. You know what? God sees everything that's going on in our nation, and I'm, you guys know what I'm talking about. He sees every person who's not faithful in telling the truth. God sees that, and he's angry with them. And when you and I call out for justice at times, God knows. He knows. But his compassion and mercy are so great, guys, that why wouldn't he extend his loving arms to anyone who wants to come into the family? Why wouldn't he? And I want that same heart. Because, yes, I stand up for justice, but I want justice for me. You know, when it goes to you guys, I want justice. God should do this and this. But when it comes to me, I should mercy. I don't want justice on me. I want mercy. And we should go, no, I want mercy for other people. I want mercy. There's a certain person, I won't mention any name, but it seems like throughout the pandemic, he has not been telling the truth. He wavers back and forth. You guys know who I'm talking about? How many of you prayed for him? How many of you prayed for him? See, that's the heart that we need to have. 
Oh, no, I mean, I'm angry with him. I just, you know what? But that's what God calls us to do. He pray, pray, God. God, he's got to see the light. And I'll tell you why. Because I've said this a thousand times. Hell is a far worse place. And we should not wish anyone to go there. And that's why, that's why it's, we, we have to be careful when, when even in joking, do you remember joking? Oh, go to hell, we would say. Or even angry, go. No, we don't wish anyone. That is a awful, horrible place. No matter what. No matter what. Our hearts should be the heart of the Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, he loved the world, guys. He wasn't just like, ah, ah. Well, we're about to see the absolute, ultimate conclusion of God's wrath, okay? Look at verse 2. And I saw something like the sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, over his number of his name, standing in the sea of glass, having harps of God, who's he, who's he describing here, guys? These are tribulation saints. These are the ones. He goes, wow, I saw something like, this is just incredible. He says, I saw something like a sea of glass. And it, and the sea of glass was mingled with fire. Okay. Now, what we need to remember is that fire, okay, it's, it's fire is, is that of judgment. Whenever there's a fire, it, it, it implies judgment. Now, let me just give you a school of thought. Okay. School of thought. Because the images from Exodus abound in this chapter, some simply see an indication the color red with an illusion that the Red Sea and the deliverance from bondage. It's also a chapter we see plagues, Moses, tabernacle, the cloud of glory. The chapter shows the ultimate exodus and freedom from God's people from a sinful and persecuting world. So you go, what do you mean? He says this, this might be exactly like Exodus, but then he says something very interesting. If you have a pencil handy, go ahead and highlight it because he says, he says, I saw those who have victory over the beast. These are those who are victorious over the beast. How? How? How are we going to, how are people in the midst of massive, the wrath of God, are going to have victory It's through their faithfulness unto death. Come on, somebody. Because today, today, now listen to me. August 4th, 2021, we can be faithful unto life. You see, we can be faithful unto life. We're going to heaven. We can just be faithful. God's calling us to be faithful. They're going to have to be faithful unto death. And these are going to be the tribulation martyrs described that we talked about back in chapter 7. These are the tribulation saints. Now, you and I, if we're really rooted and grounded in the Lord, we would honestly say, I would die for Jesus. Anybody? I would die for the Lord. Okay? So all of a sudden, boom, the doors open up. Oh, they say, hey, how many of you are real Christians? And everyone in this room goes, I am. I am. Okay. Right outside those doors, you're gonna, we're gonna give you one last chance, but if you don't recant Jesus, you're gonna die. If you recant, you can go home. If you say Jesus is not Lord, you can go home. But if you say Jesus is Lord, you're gonna die right outside. And you go, you and I go, amen, let's go. And I grab Eva's hand, and I get Rose's hand, and we grab together, and we're crying, and we're going, Jesus, we're coming home. We would do that, wouldn't we? We would do that. Because it's, it's easy for us to say, I would die for Jesus. But let me, let me add one, one more to that. How much harder is it for us to say, I'll live for Jesus every single day? I'll live for him. I'll bring him glory in my finances. I'll bring him glory in my relationships. I'll share with anyone who will listen. I don't want to be obnoxious, but I'll just, I'll just share with anyone who will listen. I want to, I, of course we'll die for Jesus. 
but I want to live for him. Let me tell you this. It's harder to live for him every single day. Because you have to die to self every single day. What Paul said, he said, I need to die, how? Daily. I die daily. I crucify the flesh daily. Some of us go, I crucify the flesh hourly. Are you kidding me? Every hour. Lord, forgive me. I, because the flesh rears its ugly head. <sighs> Tribulation saints, guys. These are the ones who are going to die. These are the ones that are going to be tortured. These are the ones that are going to be tortured. Their kids are going to be tortured. Their grandkids are going to be tortured. They've already lost their job. They have no money. They're starving to death. Because, see, they can't just go into Walmart and, and buy food. They just can't. The world's upside down. The world's crazy. It, you will not recognize it. Guys, this is going to be, this is going to be incredible. John says, I saw, what did he see? I saw those who had victory over the beast. Standing on the sea of glass. The ancient Greek word for, uh, for on, can mean basically over or besides. And, um, it, many believe that this is the architecture of heaven. The sea of glass is a physical kind of representation of the word of God, connecting the idea from the tabernacle, the, the laver guys where they used to wash, um, washing the water, basically the, 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 the laver that they used to wash to where it's a representation found in Ephesians chapter five, verse 26, where it says the washing of the water by the word. And I can't, perhaps we could say, he goes, man, I saw those, I saw those saints that were standing on the word. Standing on the word. And he says, not only that, but they had what? Harps of God. The only people we saw with harps before the 20, were, before were the 24 elders back in chapter 5, verse 8. And so these tribulation martyrs are giving a blessing of worshiping God with music in heaven. Wait a minute, what did you just say? They're in heaven worshiping God. Wait, wait, what did, what did you Don't you just love it? Don't you just love it? Here's why. Because let's just say that Ben says, nope, I'm not going to go in the rapture. I'm not going to go with God. I'm not going to be part of the church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the tribulation, bring it on, let's party down, and then I decide to get saved during the, the tribulation. You know what I'm going to think? How could God ever use me? I denied him when it was free. I denied him when it was easy. What? No, God goes, no, I still love you, and I still have a plan for you. When you're going to come up here, guess what? You're going to worship me with, with the heart. You're going to sing to me. And I just love that. I just love that. Guys, put your thinking caps on real quick, okay? There are people you know who are not saved. Okay? So there we are in heaven. We're in heaven, and we hear worship. We hear music. You know what that's going to do? You're going to go, oh, those are people that I witnessed to that got saved. I don't know if we'll be able to see him. I mean, we'll be, you made it. Oh, yeah. Thank you for telling me. I should have listened to you. But, but, but I'm here anyway. You're here. Oh, I love you. Oh, we're here. Okay, I got to get back. I'm worshiping. Okay, that's good. That's good. What were they singing? Look at verse 3. They were singing the song of Moses. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. The servant of God, the song of the Lamb saying, Great and marvelous are your works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of saints. You who shall, who shall not fear you, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name. For you alone are holy, for all the nations shall come and worship before you. For your judgments have been manifested. This blows my mind. Why? Because John says, John says, you're singing the song of Moses. Wait. The old, the, the one song that is sung. But it goes by two different titles. You go, what does it mean? It's the Song of Moses, but it's also called the Song of the Lamb. Two different titles. Two different titles that refer to the same song. And here is a perfect union. I don't know if you caught it. What do you mean? Between law and love. 
between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. You're singing what? You're saved, but you're singing the song of Moses, which is also the song of the Lamb. How amazing is that? Why? Because we know we're not saved by the law. The law just made us realize that we're not saved and that we needed Jesus. This is the song, guys. Now, Think about this, okay? This song is deeply rooted in the Old Testament. This is it, okay? And you go, what? Well, well, well jot this down. It, it, it gives praise to God's works. Notice what he says. Great and marvelous are your works. And then it says, it, it gives praise to God's ways. Just and true are your ways. And then to God's worthiness. For who shall, right? Who shall not fear you, O Lord? And glorify your name, for you alone are holy. And then it finishes up with God's worship. For all the nations shall come and worship before you. Now, let's take those real quick. Real, real, real quick. I don't have much time, but let's take this real quick. How, how are we doing with God's works? How is our prayer? God, you're amazing. You're amazing. You see, that should be the heart of our heart. That should be, we're worshiping God. Marvelous are your works. I love that. I love that. Number two, how about how, how are we doing with God's ways? Just and true are your ways. How are we doing with that? How about God's worthiness? God, listen, who's going to fear you, God? <laughs> who's going to fear you? Who's going to glorify your name? For you alone are holy. Notice what it says. Let me ask you, how are we doing with God's worship? You go, what do you mean? He, the, John says, for the nations shall come and worship before you. Now, let me just say this. Right now, that should bring hope to you. That should bring peace in your heart. Because no matter what happens in this crazy world, the nations are going to come and worship the Lord. He's got it under control. Okay? You understand that, right? So why are we fretting? We, we, we're going to lie our head down tonight and go, oh, amen, we're going to sleep so good because God's got this. God's got this. He always has. I freak out a little bit when I watch a little bit too much of the news. I'm not going to lie. They keep telling me. I'm not going to watch that. God's got this. The nations are going to come and worship the Lord. What are they singing, guys? These are singing, these are the tribulation saints that are singing. They're, they're martyred for their faith, they're tortured for their faith, but it says they're a sea of glass mingled with fire because the group has gone through the fire of persecution and suffering to overcome through Jesus. You know what I love? You know what I love? I love the fact that, listen, we're going to be raptured. Can I get an amen? We're going to be gone. We're going to be in heaven. Amen? But God still, he's still, Jesus is still going to be working through people. Because we think, once we're out of here, good luck, right? All hell's going to break loose. No, people are still going to be, man. Now, think about 2021, okay? How do we apply this verse? Well, there's still pain and suffering, guys, and there's a lot going on. But here's what I'm thinking. And you guys heard me say this before. When it comes to pain, suffering, tribulation, whatever it might be, it's either going to move us closer or further from God, depending on our own understanding. Did you hear me? The pain and the... Listen, if we're, if, if we're why people, why, why God, why, we're going to miss what God has for us. Listen, there's going to be some... Listen, there's nobody in this church that loves comfort more than me. I want comfortable, okay? I want comfortable. I don't want trials or tribulations. I want smooth sailing, but that's not what's going to happen. But I've got to get this in my heart that, okay, Lord, I want to draw closer to you. I want to draw closer to you. Listen, let's unpack it this way. Life comes, does it not? 
But what I've noticed is that we're all good until something bad happens or somebody gets sick or loses their job or their marriage gets tough and almost all downshift into that default that God is somehow angry with us. Oh, I could have done this better. Oh, I should have done that better. Right? And then, and then God wouldn't be angry with me. Boy, if I would, ah, oh, if I could just check my, but, but think about this, guys. If you and I were created to worship God, that's our design, okay? That's how we're wired. We're created to worship. You know this. You know this. Okay? Music is a big part of that. Music is a big part of that. However you grow up listening to music, that's a big part of your life. And you can go back and you can go back to those days when you go, man, I remember back in the, back, back in the late eighties, I remember with my friends cruising, we were listening to this song. It takes you back because that's part of, that's how we're wired. We're wired to worship. But then you get saved in those same songs that you listened to when you first got saved, a Keith Green song. And you go, okay, what does that mean? If you and I, guys, were created to worship, why? So that the fullness of life that you could ever experience would be experienced in worshiping him. Would it be God's mercy to pull you from all suffering and all difficulty and all pain and never get you to what you were created for? You're like, wow. Here's my point. Maybe it's his mercy to let you cry and hurt and suffer and know him rather than to never and not. Guys, think about it. Think about this, right? He still seeks the fellowship of his people and he sends them both joy and sorrow to detach their hands from the things of the world and attach those hands to him. It's a great quote I found. He still seeks the fellowship of his people and he sends them both joy and sorrow. What for, Eva? To detach their hands from the things of this world and to attach those hands to him. I think of Matthew, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what's he saying? He's saying, guys, if we just, if we just grasp the Lord, all the other things are going to be added unto us, all the good things, our marriages, our family, good times, all of that stuff. He says, that's a given, but give your life to me first. Give your life to me first. Verse 5. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And out of the temple came what? Seven angels having seven plagues clothed with bright linen and having their chests girded with golden bands. Wow. According to Exodus, guys, chapter 25 in Hebrews 8, this reminds us that the tabernacle of meeting God told Moses to build was based on the pattern in heaven. Okay, And this refers to the heavenly reality of the tabernacle and not an earthly copy. So he says, this is what I saw, the temple of the tabernacle. Listen, any Jewish person living in the first century right here would have understood this imagery. He would, they would have went, wow. See, the things mentioned are the temple references, the temple of the tabernacle. What does it refer to? Guys, let me destroy your mind to that. It refers to the Holy of Holies. That's what he's talking about. You got that? Okay, so you would have the holy place and then the holy of holies. So if you're first century Jew and you get this, you go, he's talking about the holy of holies. He's talking about the holy of holies. This is why it's important that we study the Bible and we exegetically pull it out. Why? Because I would um, I would love for you guys to read the Bible and you should read the Bible, but sometimes we read it and we go, I'm not sure what that means. And we just kind of skip through and we miss a grand point. And he says, but here's the problem, out of... What? Out of the temple came seven angels. Out of the temple in heaven, guys. And these angels are bringing God's judgment. It's, it is significant that they come directly from the heavenly temple, from the presence and the throne of God. 
Why? Because they do not act on their own authority, but God's. I saw them come from the temple. What was their clothing like? It says their clothing were what? Pure, bright linen. Their chests girded with golden bands. This, to us, would be a reminder that God's judgment is always completely pure and righteous. There's not one person going to go, No, you're unfair, God! You're not fair! Stop! This is not right! He goes, No, it's complete. It's complete. Guys, during this righteous judgment, during this time, his righteous judgment is pure and true. And then he goes on and he says, Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from the power, and no one was able to what? Enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels was completed. These are the last guys, the bowls. These are, these are, I mean, these are like flat bowls or more like a saucer used in ritual drinking, uh, for pouring out, I mean, just, just the, the, the libations and sacrifice. That's what it's for. The contents of such shallow bowls were quickly and easily poured out. So it wasn't a deep bowl. You understand that. It wasn't like, look. It was more like, it's going to be fast. It's going to be, it's going to be quick. And he says, I saw these guys. These are four. They're, they're, they're going down. They're going down. This is it. This is it. What are these seven bowls? We're going to get to that next week. What did we learn tonight? Well, as we close and prepare our hearts for communion, guys, guys, we see that this chapter is poised on the threshold of the wrath of God. And if there was ever a time to have a fear of the Lord, it will be at this point. Okay? And you go, why? Think about this. We're at, we're at the end of the tribulation. This is it. This is the last. This is, hey. Now, you go, why? Because no longer will Jesus beckon the unbeliever to follow him so he can have rest. This is wrath. This is complete. Okay? No longer will he tap on the door of the heart and say, come in and dine. No longer. No longer will the king gladly offer to adopt us and make us heirs. Guys, the line in the sand right here, chapter 15, has been drawn. This is it. This is it. Yeah, I'm going to wait till the end of the tribulation to get saved. No, you're not. This is it. He's going to pour out his wrath. There's going to be a world, a calloused world, guys. A calloused world that stands behind the brink of judgment like the world has never seen. You go, well, Ben, 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 okay. <laughs> what can I do? What, what, what can I do? Well, I'm glad you asked. You ready? Number one, spend time asking the Lord to soften our hearts. Why? Because we need to grasp the weight of the Scriptures. This is not going to be a fun time. And although we see our world changing so fast, we can still have a heart of compassion and a heart of mercy. Number two, let's join together and pray for those who are far from God. Those relatives, friends, co-workers, let's pray for them. As we prepare our heart for communion tonight, guys, Mel's going to lead us and the team is going to lead us. The good news, the good news today, and those of you watching by home, I hope maybe that you have some grape juice and some crackers. Maybe you can do that. Um, but the good news is, is man, that, listen, we, we, get, we get to do it today. We're still free. We're, we, we're still here. And it's a good thing because God still loves us. And he's still beckoning so many people to come. But as the great days get older and, and the years get on, we're going to see 
we're going to see the hearts of men turn cold. I want to do my part. I want to share with everyone I can. I want to love people back to life. And so as we get ready to partake in communion, guys, just take a moment. Just take a moment. We've got, we've got 10, 13 minutes. And Lord, where am I with you? Where am I? Show me my heart, God. I'm not perfect, Lord, but, but show me the areas that I, can, that I need to surrender to you. Show me the little things that I'm holding on to that I won't give you. Show me my pride, God. Show me my pride that, that's keeping me from walking closer to you. Lord, has my affections gone to other things? Am I more excited about the new car or golf clubs or whatever it might be than I am about the Lord Jesus? God, remind me. Remind me of how faithful you've been in my life every time. And some of us in this room and some of us watching on te- on, 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 on Internet, we may... We could say, I should have been here today. I should not be here. But God. And he has a great plan for us. And last but not least, guys, rejoice. Because Jesus said, okay, tonight you're going to do this here. Tonight you're going to do this here. But next time, we're going to do it in heaven together. I'm not going to do this until we do it in heaven. But while you do it here, rejoice. Why? Because when you take the cup, guys, what are you doing? It's You're proclaiming the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And he did the same for us, did he not? He resurrected this wounded heart. But we got to be real with him. we got to be straight with him. Father, we thank you. We're going to spend some time just worshiping you. Uh, the elements are open. You come up when you feel ready. Father, we thank you for your great love. We thank you. We just pray that we would open up our heart. We would invite you inside. We thank you. And Lord, as we sing these songs to you, Lord, that you would just take a moment, Lord, just to, just to move in our hearts. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.